0: I'm A. with the four of the gators. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> just as, I was just checking to see if you were listening.
1: From Destrohan, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press
0: conference,
1: okay? Thank you.
0: Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? And you didn't it. Vipey hurt my feelings.
1: I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all all your guys' rap poison.
0: Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler.
1: Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. And my name is Tyler. And it is officially Tyler. Season five. Can we get a quick round of applause?
0: Yeah. Applausos. Yeah. Applausos.
1: Season five is here. And as you have heard in the wonderful intro, we now have music. We now have effects. We now have sound bites. Uh, It's completely revamped. It is completely revamped. And we are starting off season five. We're starting off this 2021 football season, Tyler. The right way. The correct way.
0: Um, I'm very excited to get this going, Tyler. Likewise, uh, you got me a bad time because I took a sip of water right there. But nice. uh, likewise, um, <laughs> uh, I'm very excited. Season five, half a decade. Woo. Um, and I'm 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 real jazzed up for what the season might be like. There's a lot. Congra- there's a congratulations.
1: Lot of congratulations to us, Tyler, because this is officially the longest relationship in my life. <laughs> outside, outside outside of my family outside of my family officially i couldn't say that with season four but i can with season five baby
0: <laughs> what a way to start off the season i'm happy about that that makes what a way happy.
1: to start off indeed tyler but before we go into the week to week uh conversations about college football we have to start with a preview we yeah. we have to we have to lay the groundwork work It's only fair yeah?
0: it's only right it's only
1: fair which is why we are splitting this preview into two episodes. Uh, on this episode, we will be previewing all five of the Power 5 conferences. Um, we will be going in alphabetical order, and we are going to be asking a few questions per conference. We're not going to go into intense detail on each and every team, um, but we are going to talk about some kind of overarching questions from each conference, some storylines that we like, that we questions we want answers to, and we're going to talk them through as our way to preview the power five conferences in the next episode, we will preview group of five and independence. So as we know, Tyler, we are an inclusive podcast. Uh, we are a pro G five podcast over here and mm-hmm. uh, we will give the G five and independence their rightful due Notre Dame fans. You're going to have to wait until the next episode, join a conference. Anyway, had to get that one good, out there. taking
0: his revenge. One season at a time. <laughs> it's
1: one season at a time. <laughs> did you, by the way, did you see the Notre Dame's going to put uh, one of their games on Peacock?
0: Oh, really? I did not see that. No. Yeah, they did. It's it's one of the earlier
1: games. I don't know which game exactly, but it's like not against the heavy hitter. And it's kind of a litmus test as to like, all right, how many people are gonna buy Peacock Premium at like five, ten dollars a month or whatever it is, just to watch Notre Dame beat this uh, lower. What they level should team.
0: do is they should just say, We're locking the office unless you watch this, like <laughs> unless you watch this show. You can't watch the any office reruns unless you watch the show. <laughs>
1: I I actually love that idea and uh ironically I think Alexa would be watching Notre Dame if that was the case.
0: <laughs> that would actually make me hate them if they started to gain people following them by like <laughs> bribing viewers. Bribing the office with Peacock. <laughs> Oh, man, but that um, would piss piss me off
1: too much. Too much Notre Dame conversation for a power five uh, episode. We're going to we're going to hold them off uh, until the next episode with the group of five preview. And if you're wondering, if you hear this noise, ladies and gentlemen, that is my lovely athlon that I am holding. This is our college football Bible, our reference book, um, our handy dandy notebook. This is what we use to prepare every single season. Athlon, not a sponsor, but if you want to drop a bag, we're always available. on judgment at gmail.com. Not a sponsor, but we definitely use them. This is probably my third or fourth year reading it cover to cover, Tyler, I believe for me, I don't know about you,
0: Uh, but at the same year time, uh, like amount of years spent, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm a little behind Uh, the job at redacted has uh, taken a lot Mm -hmm. of my time. So I'm a little Ah. behind. I haven't read the whole thing just yet, but I'm, knowledgeable i've skipped some of the g5 stuff gonna read it before we get to our next episode and then love it it's um, okay
1: because t- for today all you need is the p5 stuff
0: oh yeah oh yeah and all you know, good, so i'm a little rusty but it's also this mine's a steel trap and i um it's, it's a gift to you guys that i am gonna willingly be wrong on several of some of these to make you all feel better
1: <laughs> can't wait so when you hear the rustling of pages um that's what you what that's what it is you're going to be going having us go to the reference pages for the teams we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. um Tyler without further ado you want to start this uh 2021 season preview off
0: sure let's do it let's uh what's what's our first conference ah uh, yes our first our Indeed. first conference Tyler is
1: the conference that resides both on the Atlantic and the coast the Sharp, ACC my friend
0: you know in many ways the same thing um <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right uh question number one for the ACC. What are realistic expectations for DJ Uwangalele at Clemson? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is now um, a full-time member of the Sideline Judgment NFL fandom team and home to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. – resides in none other than Duval County. Yeah, right. He does. So uh, what can we expect from DJ? What's realistic from him in his
0: first full year as a starter? Hmm. Well – I think what's realistic, and I I don't even really like it's what's realistic is a playoff, like
1: yeah, no, legit.
0: That's like the the bare minimum that there that would be expected.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What I would imagine is what should be realistic, what should be expected is a first season very similar to. Trevor Lawrence's first season as starter in terms of like what the team in terms of a a national championship. (laughs) Okay. That's what I was just about (laughs) to say. Not that part. Um, But in regards to the later seasons of uh, Trevor Lawrence's tenure, especially the last season, what they won, their identity was mainly, yeah, they were, they were a team that was built to run the football and Travis Etienne is awesome and was allowed to be awesome. But every year Trevor Lawrence played the, uh, the offense was more him. The offense was more, all right, now I'm going to throw for a bunch of yards. And like his final game, we threw for 400 against Ohio State. Um, right. But early on, he in his freshman year, he was allowed to have a lot of moments to shine. He was one of the best freshman quarterbacks we've ever seen. But he was still just a cog in the wheel. He's still just part of the team. And I think if Clemson, what's realistic, what you should expect from Clemson is that Clemson's roster, which is, you know, really good, um, mm-hmm. is probably going to be a more complete team this year from an identity standpoint. And then DJ should be be expected to supplement that with great quarterback play. I don't think he's going to be a suit, like a superhero every week, weekend, week out.
1: Right. And, and, and I agree with that. Uh, but my one thing is, and this is going to sound like he's it like Trevor Lawrence in year three, but Clemson's only going to go as far as DJ can take them. And here's why, because their backup got hurt in summer camp. And he's out for the full season. I'm not sure if it was a torn ACL, if it was a broken leg. It was something that has him out for the year. And their backup, Tyler, is a walk-on. So DJ is quite literally their bread and butter in terms of initiating an offense. And no offense to the walk-on whose name I'm not remembering right now, but he is not DJ Wangalalele, a five-star recruit coming out of California, Um made his first start on the road at Notre Dame in arguably one of the best regular season games of the year last season. Oh, so yeah. I think they're only gonna only going to go as far as they go, Yeah, as far as DJ will take them. But if we're looking at the schedule, I mean, they really only have one major test, maybe two, and it's Georgia neutral site to start the season on September 4th.
0: Which is looking more doable with some more recent news. Um, yeah, which some, we will. Some Georgia, we'll, we'll get to that later.
1: We'll get to but the yeah. SEC and Georgia later on, of
0: course. But and, the only other
1: kind of quote-unquote trap I can see is they have back-to-back weeks at Pitt's, at Syracuse. Syracuse is not what I'm worried about. But then they go to Pitt. And I'm not saying that Pitt is a better team than Clemson, but we all know that Pitt pits sometimes. You know what I mean? It's true. Pitt does. So pit. th- that's the only thing that I really see can slip them up. I don't see – I mean, Boston College may give them some trouble like they did in the first half last year. Um, I don't see South Carolina making noise. I don't see Georgia Tech making noise. It's really the Georgia game at the beginning. So they can get over Georgia. It's kind of smooth sailing yeah. to the playoffs really.
0: And that's the thing, is that like part of the realistic is also like DJ. Has, this team can only go as far as DJ can can take them. So for that very reason, I think Clemson fans shouldn't want him to have superhero too much. Like agreed, agreed. Because I mean, we know, we've seen DJ a superhero like, mm-hmm. and he can do it. But I don't, you don't want him to be doing that every week because you first of all, you shouldn't need it. You're Clemson, um, right? And yeah, if, if he can if he can prove himself in that Georgia game. Again, he's proved a lot already, but if he can prove himself as the full-time starter in that Georgia game, getting them over the hump, they should be smooth sailing. Yeah, I
1: I, I agree. And I think if we're going to stay in the ACC, Tyler, let's go from a team that has a for sure quarterback to a team that's a little bit more unsure about the quarterback position. That's Florida State. Uh, my second question, Tyler, is can Mike Norvell show signs of life at FSU?
0: I don't know. Um, I, okay. I really don't because I think I, I do think Mike Nervell was a good hire at the time. And like, I don't, I still think he's a good hire and, and no, and I, I'm not against that. But the problem is, is that the, the, the pit that you're in at Florida state is so deep, mostly because of the quarterback situation. And yes, you brought Mackenzie Milton in and I love Mackenzie Milton. Everybody does from what he was, mm-hmm. but he hasn't played in a couple of years and
1: and he almost had you his leg You don't know what imitated. percentage
0: of that old player he still is, right? Like, because he's not—he will not be 100% the player he ever was. That's that's off the table. But is he 70 or is he 40? Like, and yeah, if you're, and, your your and roster's if he's not in a position, if, your roster's not in a position to boost him up if he's not great. Like,
1: yeah, and 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 if he's if Milton's on that 40% range, I mean, their other options are Jordan Travis, right? Who we saw a bit last year, more of a runner than a passer. And then the younger Purdy brother, who got hurt last season, wasn't able to, you know, really establish himself establish himself as well as much as he wanted to. But it's a pretty young room. So there's not really like that leadership to to fall back on. Yes, we talked about Milton, but if Milton, like you said, can be 75, 80% of what he was, I think this offense is going to be in a bit better shape. Now, the biggest question, in my opinion, isn't really quarterback, it's it's more offensive line. They haven't really had a Power Five caliber. When was offensive the last time line. they
0: had a o- good offensive line?
1: I, I, I'm not joking when I tell you the national championship in 2013, 14.
0: Yeah, I'm that not makes kidding. Sense.
1: I really do believe that that was the last time FSU had a, a an offensive line that was capable of living up to the Florida State um, reputation of a football team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I like Mike Norvell. I think it's going to depend on the offense this season. Uh, the defense looked decent at times. They had talent last year, but they definitely were not the team that was kind of advertised beforehand. They didn't really gel. Well, um, a lot of changes, a lot of different players. Can the offensive line grow and can the quarterback position kind of can one of those guys take the reins of the quarterback position? And in my opinion, I think it's going to be Milton from everything that's been kind of reported.
0: I, I can't like imagine you said, really being anybody else. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Purdy Kid, maybe, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're just in a weird roster spot. Yeah. yeah. And it's going
1: to yeah. take time. It's going to take time.
0: And we'll see if the if Mike Norville gets that time. I don't... If you look at their schedule, which mm-hmm. I just lost on the page. There it is. I got you. Their, their, their schedule, it does not start off nice. Their no. first game is against Notre Dame. Yeah. But after that, it's some manageable games, and... Yeah, automatic losses at Clemson, and I would probably say probably automatic losses at North Carolina, and mm-hmm. I'll I'll say probably at Florida as well. Yeah. Um but that's and, and, and honestly, I'll I'll even add on to that. I'll
1: add automatic losses to Boston College, I'll add automatic losses to NC State. Um yeah. Miami is always a toss up game because it's a rival goal,
0: game. The goal of this team is to make it to a bowl.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Like, Can they? We'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, next up with the ACC, can North Carolina unseat Clemson in Sam Howell's final year?
0: That's a tough one because... So, they don't play in the regular season. Important to know.
1: Very important.
0: Um, yeah, let me just double check that. It was a good, yeah, no. yeah, they don't play in the regular season. So, you're only going to have to beat them once. That favors North Carolina. Because um, you only have to beat them one time. You don't have to beat them twice. Sam Howell, it's Sam Howell's final year. He has been a really good college quarterback. He proved a lot between his first year and his second year. I expect him to prove, again, I expect him to be, this year, I expect him to be the best quarterback in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, It'd probably be arguable between him and DJ, but... I do feel like Sam Howell has a bit of an experience boost and a bit of familiarity boost with his with his team a little bit more, because mm-hmm. he's been playing he's been the starter for two years now. Yeah. Um so it really depends on can UNC win their division? Um, which I think is very doable. Can they win their division? Can they beat Clemson? This this is their shot. This is the best shot they're gonna have. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think the time.
1: argument could have been that their best shot was last year, because when you when you look at the players um that are gone and 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 the skill position players that are that kind of stepped in, I'm looking at their like depth chart. Everyone returns. Um all of the returning starters on offense, all eight of them, they're all either offensive linemen or Sam Howell. <laughs> you know, there's only one skill position player returning that was a starter that was their tight end, Garrett Walston everyone else is, is brand new in terms of a starting position. So can those skill players, we know Max been recruiting really well, but can those skill players kind of step up? Can they take that leadership in that role or will they kind of, you know, succumb down and, and kind of take a bit of a step back from their uh, orange bowl appearance last season, you know?
0: Yeah. But it, I, I agree with it. as much as that is true, it's as a matter of, I think Clemson is not as good as they were last year or mm-hmm. at least who knows? I mean, it's it's hard to judge because uh, it's just you're more likely you're more likely to beat DJ's first year starting than you probably were to beat Trevor Lawrence's final year, That's where it true. took it took what it took for them to it took the Notre Dame game, which was wild, and had Trevor Lawrence getting COVID to to do it, um, mm-hmm. and it took the only other loss that they had was against Ohio State against right. Justin Fields and, and Justin Fields' and, best game, like
1: right. And and here's the thing where. If we remember the Kelly Bryant year, like Kelly Bryant year was kind of a little bit of a step back, but they didn't really—they
0: were still a number one seed in the playoff. Exactly, exactly. So they're still going
1: to be a good team. They still recruit
0: well. So we'll see. I mean, I think UNC is in for a very good year, but Mm -hmm. there's a real there's a monster at the end of that tunnel that I don't. This will be their best chance to beat Clemson, but I don't. I don't wouldn't bet on them doing it just because it's hard to bet against Clemson.
1: I would put UNC in the. In the ACC title game, though. I would, I would feel pretty confident
0: were. about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there's only one other team that I think really has that type of competition in the ACC Coastal, and it's Miami. And my last question in the ACC, Tyler, how far will D- Eric King take Miami this
0: year? I could would argue about as far as he took them last year. It,
1: it's kind of their ceiling, I think, right?
0: Like the team is not built and the offense is not built in a way that it can run without Derek King. Mm-hmm. um because that was his. our whole thing last season was that they they just built an offense out of derek king scrambling and making stuff happen which and when you worked, have
1: derek king works which, great
0: which worked for them actually i didn't think it was going to work as well as it did and it, it worked great and their 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 defense will still be fine at the very least because it's manny diaz like mm-hmm.
1: so and I, he's actually taken over the coordinator role they don't have a defensive coordinator anymore He is taking on the responsibility of being the defensive coordinator as as well as the head coach. Um, And I think it's important to note that they lost a lot of skill position players at the end of last season. They gave up like a 15,000 yards to uh, North Carolina at the end of the season, if you remember that. On the ground, mostly also. On the ground, exactly. So yeah, Manny Diaz stepping in. We know how good of a defensive coordinator he is. Can he fix those problems? You know?
0: Yeah. And that's really what's going to determine the season because if Derek King comes back from his torn ACL pretty fine, which mm-hmm. in today's day and age, unless I hear otherwise, I'm kind of going to assume because people come back from torn ACLs pretty quickly. Now
1: they're coming back um, faster and stronger than ever.
0: Yeah. So if he can stay healthy, that side of that ball, I think is largely going to be the same. Yeah. He won't have Brevin Jordan, but Miami, I think will be fine in that, in that development. Cause again, the wide receivers and Brevin Jordan weren't really the reason that offense ran. It was, it was all D Eric King scrambling, making plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really, what's going to be determined to this, def- this team is will Miami, D- Manny Diaz, Miami Diaz be <laughs> able to keep the defense up to speed. I agree. So, we'll I see. Agree. I think they're just going to be pretty much the same team as they were last year. Yep. And I, I think so too. I think, I think North so too. Carolina will be better. Yeah. Um, to wrap up the
1: ACC, just a few coaches that are potentially on the hot seat. Uh, Dino Babers absolutely is on the hot seat. Um, Scott Satterfield flirted with South Carolina. He has openly kind of said that he is not the biggest fan of being at Louisville right now. So keep an eye on him. Um, Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech's athletic director, called a press conference at the end of the year just to announce that they weren't firing him. So if, have you if ever that's... heard of such a thing?
0: Have you at- <laughs> never? Have
1: I ever, Tyler? So if, if that's an indication as to what's going on in Blacksburg, now we know, uh, David Cutcliffe at Duke, the man, legendary coach, legendary offensive mind, the Manning's brainchild, but um yeah no, all the Mannings
0: it, have already retired. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I, I don't think go he's sticking sit on around a for beach, Arch. My
0: guy, go I don't
1: think he's sticking around for Arch either, just to put it nicely. Um, and then I put Miami Diaz, Miami, Manny Diaz, because not because I think he deserves to be fired. No, I think he's actually a good fit for Miami. And I think, you know, if given time, he'll he'll build them back to be a bit more respectable consistently. Um, but I know the I know Miami it's an it's an impatient town. They may just like not want to, yeah. you know,
0: the worst thing you could be in Miami is stagnant. Agreed. Agreed. Like, Agreed. So you got to be good, man. You got you yeah. got to be you got to be good and explosive and showy and cocky. Yeah. And showy. Cocky. And yeah. You got some of that, I think. Some of the time, but yeah, I think these so records too. have not indicated, have not reflected it.
1: And and it'd be interesting to see, can he do it without man, um De'Ara King? You know, that's a question for next season and the year after that, you know, if he's there around. So um, that's it for the ACC. Let's move forward to the Big Ten. Um, let's start off with the front runner for the Big Ten, Ohio State. It's a very simple question. We don't have to spend too much time on it. Who's going to be the quarterback at Ohio State to start the season? Is it C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller the third? And I put Quinn Ewers. I don't know how to
0: say it. I think it's Ewers.
1: We're going to go with Ewers. Quinn Ewers. CJ Stroud and Miller are both redshirt freshmen. And Ewers is a freshman who reclassified from 2022. He was the number one player in the country in 2022. And I believe he was uh, the number one or number two player in the country when he reclassified to 2021. This is an elite quarterback prospect. Decided to enroll early, a full season early at Ohio State, and he's in that quarterback room. So I don't think he's going to get the starting job, but I had to mention him. Tyler, who starts the season at quarterback for Ohio State and who ends the season at quarterback for
0: Ohio State? I think start, I think, will be CJ Stroud. I don't see I it agree. being anybody else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the real answer for who is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season is who, which quarterback does Chris Olave like the most? Um,
1: mm-hmm. Chris Olave, star wide receiver for Ohio it's State, decided to stay
0: back for a senior year. The biggest, the hugest decision was the surprising one that Chris Olave made to stay back. And I say that, I said that kind of jokingly that it's whoever he is. I'm kind of right because like Ohio State recruits at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a boatload of talent. And I'm sure all three of these quarterbacks are very talented. Yeah, I imagine considering, I know CJ Stroud was higher on the depth chart than um jack miller was both of them were redshirt freshmen uh were true freshmen last year i know Mm -hmm. cj Stroud was higher in the depth chart i imagine it's going to go to him yeah and barring a disaster i imagine he'll keep it but um i don't feel like ryan day would just start a true freshman willy-nilly but especially
1: one that arrived like two weeks ago because he just reclassified
0: i mean from everything i understand is that Ryan Day is very pretty pretty good about building the offense around his quarterback, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and not so much in a like unlocking every aspect of their talent. More than he probably spent a lot of time with CJ Stroud and is gonna you know keep building an offense catered to his skill set. So he's probably gonna honor that, and if it works, it, there's no reason to change it. Um, I
1: agree, which is why I think Stroud's gonna be the quarterback throughout the entire season. I just. It technically is an open competition, but I really don't see it as one. You know what and I
0: mean? And the the true thing you have to keep in mind is that there's very few opportunities for him to be for for Ohio State to face something that is going to make CJ Stroud's limitations, if he has any, super apparent. Like yeah, yeah. If yeah, he's, he's a bad, good we'll know. Way. But if he's okay, it's going to be hard to tell if he's okay or great because at mm-hmm. Ohio State with these weapons, that all looks the same most of the time. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Haskins is an okay NFL like quarterback on the grand scheme of things. He was a Heisman finalist under Radcliffe. Yeah, day, exactly, right? exactly. So
1: that makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's move forward in the Big Ten. Um, Tyler, what does a Penn State bounce back look like?
0: Um, Penn State bounce back, uh, getting an offense that makes you fear the quarterback again would probably be be that. Okay, and that's hard thing. Because that's Trace been,
1: McSorley have yeah, eligibility left? That hasn't Is, been there since Trace
0: McSorley the... left. So, <laughs> it really, it comes down. I mean, it comes down to being as simple as recruiting special players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, that's pretty much it. I mean, when you're James Franklin, you kind of do that. So, yeah. I mean, the defense, I think, will still be good. It's super talented. Um, yeah. It really see it the defense.
1: Com- the defense wasn't the problem last year. No. The, the problem was offensively
0: they couldn't keep up. Yeah, and it. Once again, all comes down to, are you going to let Sean Clifford continue to be your quarterback? Like, you got my, you Six who I like as, a, as an offensive coordinator. Um, yes. And
1: so can I, can I, can I do the quick defense of Sean Clifford? And I'm not ahead. saying I, be- I believe this. I'm literally, I don't want to use the term devil's advocate because I don't want to advocate, but <laughs> I do want to give an explanation. You can wanna this is now the third, this is the third offensive coordinator that Sean Clifford has had in three years. Yeah, it's a it's a bit difficult to get familiar and get continuity when you have that constant change, especially with the position coach or, you know, the the coordinator that you're working with on an everyday basis. You know, yeah, an offensive coordinator and their quarterback are hand in hand, they're they're going through things, you know, and so and this is something that I feel has hindered him. It's not an excuse. It's I, I, it's not a you know, I think it's a reason. I think it's a factor. I don't think it's the sole reason why he's been the way he has been. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you think that Franklin trusts Tiquan Robinson, the true freshman that came in? Now, more? That,
0: like, that was the thing I was going to bring up, is that the problem that you that becomes is that Penn State didn't grab anybody on the transfer market to replace Sean Clifford with. So you either got to hope Mike Yersich can make something happen and with the running game and then make Sean Clifford better with the offense he puts in. Or you got to go with the freshman, and I'm not going to advocate that anyone just starts as your freshman um, willy-nilly. So you're basically – a Penn State bounce-back is basically banking on Mike Girsich being a really good offensive coordinator. Yeah. So –
1: Yeah. I, I, ag- I agree, and I think the schedule – I mean, the schedule does them some favors, but not too many. Um, they start the season on the road at Wisconsin. And then they got Ball State at home, Auburn at home, Villanova at home, and Indiana at home. Realistically, they they could start five and zero. They could, they could very, they could, within, it's, reach. very it's within reach. Very within reach. I don't think that they'll beat Wisconsin on the road to start the season, but they could. And yeah. if they lose that game, they could probably start four and one because I don't think Auburn is winning heading heading into uh, yeah, Happy yeah, Valley. Dead Penn State. And and my feelings. Right. And we'll talk about Indiana in a second, but I'm not too high on Indiana either. So like let's and it's at home, you know? So they could theoretically get there. They're the tough part of their schedule um, is October 30th at Ohio State. They get Michigan at home. They have to go on the road to Michigan State. Like, is that really difficult? You know what I mean? So I, I think we I think we will see a bounce back. I don't know if it'll be at the level of um contending for a playoff spot or, or even I, contending I could for conference. not imagine
0: that with this team this year. Honestly. No,
1: but I do like, think that they'll they'll bounce back. I, I James Franco is one of the best coaches in the country.
0: Yeah,
1: um, they, but were I agree. Pre-
0: they were pretty bad last year. Like, they were horrendous. They were horrendous. Um, and I kind of forget that when talking about this is that bounce back. Just be your old self, which is like an eight to nine win team. That's yeah. super doable. Like yeah. um,
1: get back on track.
0: Yeah, because
1: they were bad last year. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um all right, let's move forward Tyler. Will Graham Mertz revitalize Wisconsin's offense like we thought would happen last year?
0: Um no. I I I'm not no, like I I'm just not really certain because like I like Graham Mertz and I think he's probably one of the best Wisconsin quarterbacks they've had since Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. but it's not about Graham Mertz. It's about are they going to let him revitalize their their offense? Like- so so
1: here's here's when when we were talking before the show, what I was going to say. Wisconsin showed signs of change last year. They did. They looked at what Graham Mertz could do, and they started calling a bit more of throwing plays down the field. Now they weren't, you know, they didn't run a spread offense, but they started to throw the ball more. What hurt them last year was COVID. They were one of those horrifically hit teams with COVID. That's very true. I think that this season we could start to think of Wisconsin not so much as a ground-and-pound Midwestern traditional Big Ten football team, but they will incorporate more passing concepts. I'm not saying they're going to turn into Mike Leach and the Air Raid, but they will start incorporating more passing concepts, especially off the play action, because Graham Mertz has the ability to do so. I think we're going to think of Wisconsin a lot more we're going to think a lot more of Wisconsin later on down the um, down the road of the season, and I think it's because of that, because they're going to start to ease their way into opening the playbook a little bit more and a little bit more and a little yeah. bit
0: more. Well, what helps in that regard is the fact that um, uh, Mertz is getting all his top targets back. Um, yep. All of his top targets are coming back, which did, doesn't mean super much because it's Wisconsin and he doesn't have like you know, it's not Chris Olave, but right, um, he's got some uh, good players. Paul Chris will be assuming QB coaching duties and call plays for the Badger. Mm-hmm. For the Badgers, he, um, which is interesting because he was Russell Wilson's offensive coordinator when Brett Bielema was the head coach of Wisconsin. Yes, that's so, what I was
1: getting at. Where I think they saw the potential last season, and they were like, you know what, let's let's go. Hey, where are those Russell Wilson plays? Oh, they're back there in storage. Yeah. Can you go get them? That, that's what I feel is happening.
0: Yeah, but I, I just I just guard against believing that it's so easy to be like, well, okay, he coached Russell Wilson, so obviously his next player will, will have Russell well, Wilson. Well it's it's not it. just because he coached and Russell. But I know Wilson, you not what you're saying, but like Yeah.
1: But it's Graham Merch shows the potential. It's yeah. like when you see you know, it's like when a when a piano teacher sees like a prodigious student, right? It's like, Oh my gosh, okay, I don't break out these books for the normal classes, but like you gotta start learning this stuff. That's you know true. what I mean?
0: You're not going to call it the same place for Jack Cohn as you are going to play all for her So
1: Absolutely. Although, hey, listen, Brian Kelly might. So I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Um.
1: One, one note speaking of Brian Kelly, um, Wisconsin does play Notre Dame this year, neutral site in Chicago at Soldier Field. That game is on September 25th. I think that game's going to be a lot of fun.
0: All I wanted to say. Ah, uh, that's exciting! God, looking at all these schedules. Makes me so excited for all these games that I forgot were right? happening. Like we're coming up. I didn't up, know man. Auburn was going to Penn State until we started talking about it.
1: Oh Literally. yes, we're coming up on it. Um, two more questions for the Big Ten quickly. Can Indiana replicate the home field magic of last season?
0: Probably not, because that's an yeah. extremely hard thing to do. Michael Penix is yeah. back, and that's awesome. He is. Um, Indiana so fun. I I want us to get to nine win Indiana again but let's be super real here. That's going to be very difficult. To, to I think
1: nine when Indiana's the ceiling.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> not the floor. Like, like that magic is the key word there. <laughs> um,
1: but I, I think, I think Indiana will be a fun team to allegedly uh, bet on and will yeah. be a fun team to kind of watch because like you said, Penix is coming back. Fry is coming back. Uh, so is Marshall. His like returning top and returning receivers are back. And we saw just how much they threw the football last season. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun team to watch, but I just don't and, think and they, they can get to where they were. And know? like,
0: like is the thing that they play offense differently than most of the other teams in their division. They are, they are mm-hmm. very willing to throw the football around. So as long as yes. they keep that identity, they'll be fun. And you know what, Indiana, that's all that really matters to me.
1: Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, another team that I thought was pretty fun last, uh, past couple of seasons, uh, not last season, the season before Minnesota. Did Minnesota max out their potential in 2019? Yes, the famous 10-win row the boat season. Um, I believe the last game of the season was against Wisconsin, where they lost the game. It was in the snow for the Paul Bunyan Trophy,
0: and that see, was part of the reason I won the competition that year for Dicks <laughs> is that I got <laughs> that right. <laughs> anyway, anyway,
1: do you think that they maxed out their potential in
0: 2019? Yes, I do.
1: Hmm, poor K.
0: One, Tanner Morgan's not that good. Um, Just putting it out there. I'll never forget people ranking Tanner Morgan above Kyle Trask in in preseason last year. I I will never forget. Um, But beyond that, I mean, Tanner Morgan wasn't the reason they won those games. I mean, he was fine, but it was like Minnesota. Tanner
1: Morgan Morgan took a poo-poo on the mattress, to say it without cursing. Uh, a couple of times last season, and yep. most notably in the big games in 2019 as well.
0: Yeah, but that 2019 game, though that 2019 season, part of the, that whole thing was that Minnesota had recruited such good Florida talent that was underrated. Got mm-hmm. up there. It is a system that worked for them, but it Their is not a system. It is not a system that's easy to replicate. Like, right? Yeah. So could they do something similar? I think so. I wouldn't bet on it because the way that they they constructed their team that season does not feel very replicable to me. Like mm-hmm. in the sense of yeah, you can still go down and try and get all that, that talent from Florida, that the underrated talent, those three stars that could be backups at Florida and Alabama, but will start for you. You'll you'll find those players, but you also gotta hit on them. Right. Like and they did hit on them with like the you know, Tyler Johnson and things like that. Mm-hmm. But Winfield. And, oh yeah, Antoine Winfield, huge one. Yeah, and these, I, I these agree. players just won a Super Bowl, like literally. It's literally they did. Can <laughs> are you able to are you able to recruit NFL caliber players at at Minnesota in consistently enough to assemble them onto a team to win, to win you the division over Wisconsin? You couldn't even do that that one time. Like, <laughs> like I don't think. I think that they'll still be a pretty OK team because they're they're yeah. constructed relatively well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. if the, I think that might have been the climax of what of what we've seen. They might get close to it again, though. Yeah, but. I
1: think they, they, they may or they may be in a position to spoil Wisconsin's season at the end of the year. But I don't know if they're going to be the ones that are going to be playing. They're not going to be playing themselves into a Big Ten championship game. Say.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Um, I only have one potential hot seat for this conference, and it's Scott Frost, especially after the news. that Which um, is
0: hilarious.
1: (laughs) So um, we're recording this on Wednesday, August 18th. And this morning, uh, news broke that Nebraska and Scott Frost apparently are being investigated by the NCAA for similar things that happened over in Arizona State with Herm Edwards, where offseason workouts when they shouldn't have had them and visits and all that kind of stuff so um he is on the all hot that seat for... still be terrible yeah and that's the thing where he was on the hot seat and was on my little potential hot seat list before that broke now he's just kind of on hot seat alert rather than potential so uh, let's keep an eye on nebraska see if they turn things around scott
0: Frost's record at that school is 12 and 20 in three years not great bob he's average four wins a year
1: He does have a national championship at UCF, though. Oh, shut up. (laughs) The Big 12, Tyler. The Big 12. Is this the last year we see OU in Texas in the Big 12? Why have you not updated this document in the last three weeks? (laughs) Okay, so listen. I put this as a joke, but I do want to ask a serious question. Do you think that they make it through 2023, or do they work something out in court where this is going to be the last season And then next year, the 2022 season is the um, first year with 16
0: teams in the SEC. Um, You don't have to elaborate much. Just ah, that's actually that's a good question because I could see it happening both ways. Like, Mm -hmm. I think part of it is going to depend on how this season goes because this like if, if LU and Texas do their normal thing and they just are what they are, I can see it stretching out for another season. But you got to imagine that all of these other teams in the conference are going to start treating this like their farewell tour.
1: And it's not going to be a pretty farewell no. tour.
0: No. And those teams it it's good. this is going to be ugly for OU and Texas. And like, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's, you know, they they signed up for that. Like, but uh um, yeah. Yeah. But if that happens, are you going to want, are, are OU in Texas, are you going to want to sit through another year of this or are you going to get your lawyers to find you a way out of it? Like, no, no, no. I,
1: think, I think the lawyers are going to find a way out of it. It's a question of, is it going to be one or two seasons? I think this I is going to be, be the last season. Yeah. And and listen, I think they will pay whatever it costs to break it early because they're going to make it all back with the SEC. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah. Just curious on that one, Tyler. Let's move on to the actual questions. Um, who will Oklahoma beat in the big 12 title game? Now this Uh, question clearly implies that Oklahoma will be one of the two teams in the big 12 title game. (laughs) Oklahoma's,
0: you know, going to the natty. So it's whatever. Um, exactly.
1: So who are they going (laughs) to (laughs) beat? I've
0: been saying that for months. Um, (laughs) um, who will they beat? It's not going to be Texas. So it would be, it, it's going to be iowa state it's going to be iowa state okay
1: so then so then let me just put together this question and the next one the next question is the iowa state encore what's their ceiling so clearly you think that they're going to make the
0: the big 12 title game can they win the game they can absolutely win the game i don't think iowa state has a playoff ceiling let me clarify that like i don't think i think similar to last year getting they can get to that game they were the i think they were the one seed last year weren't they
1: they, yeah, they hope because yeah. they won. They beat
0: Oklahoma. Uh, and Oklahoma they lost at, like one other conference game. Like, well, well, they beat no. them
1: in Ames, and they remember they wore the All Blacks undefeated in the All Blacks. Yeah, and that was what started off October because they they yes. went on they went on like a they went on a tame tear, tear like, starting with that game.
0: So, yes, so. I don't think Iowa State is is going to, like, it would be a, a freaking give Matt Campbell all the trophies if he got Iowa State to a playoff. That would be just a feat of coaching. But I think
1: I think an Iowa State playoff berth is contingent upon an undefeated Iowa State. Yeah, an undefeated w- Iowa State requires beating Oklahoma twice.
0: Well, I, I think you can do it with one loss, but you can't, neither of those losses can beat Oklahoma. You would have to have beaten Oklahoma twice, and you would have you know Got it. like, like if and they those lost, would have to be oklahoma's only if losses. they lost to iowa in their rivalry game and they went undefeated in the big 12 and then won the conference championship it'd be possible like unlikely but that's not what it really meant it's like i think that yeah it'd be unlikely they can't just do their thing and get into the playoff even if they do the best of their ability they have to look at other factors like mm-hmm. They're not in the realm of teams that like Oklahoma is. where like Oklahoma. All Oklahoma really has to worry about is playing their schedule right. Like, because mm-hmm. yeah. they, if they play their schedule to the best of their ability, they're in. Like, um, yep. and but Iowa State, Iowa State can get back to the same spot and they can win. They Iowa State can get a Big Twelve com- conference championship.
1: So that's the ceiling. Big that's Twelve the time. ceiling.
0: I don't think they can go to the playoff. Like, it would just. I don't see that uh, happening. But they can do. I think this team is going to be. About as good, if not better, than when they had last year. Oklahoma will also be better, so that'll be interesting. But I think this team can do it,
1: and it's also would be the most successful season in Iowa State history. Not yeah, even joking. None. Yeah, last I think, year I think, was exactly. Yeah, it just needs it to be better win. than last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brock Brock Purdy is back for his senior year. Brees Hall is back for his junior year. Ooh. Um, Xavier Hutchinson is back. Sean Shaw is back all the usual suspects return Matt Campbell. I trust his defense.
0: Um, yeah. This Urban is Meyer be doesn't a... work out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt Campbell, please come to Jacksonville. <laughs> like, you haven't even played a game, Tyler. You haven't even played a game. Uh, it has nothing to do with the product on the field. Sergio. Oh, I know. <laughs> Believe it has me. Absolutely nothing to do. I have made one of my friends down here at my job. at redacted mm-hmm. is, um, is a Browns fan. And I think okay. is from Ohio and she's, and she joked, and she once again was just like joking about the whole urban Meyer things. Like, cause I think uh, she, she was just like, yeah, well we, we kind of sent you up with urban Meyer. And I'm like, I'm a Florida fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I Don't am you fully talk aware. Don't you talk to me about <laughs> urban Meyer? Like
1: <laughs> we gave him to you. What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> um, and now he came back. <laughs> oh man. It, anyway. To put
1: a button on, to put a button on Iowa state. Uh, they play Oklahoma in Norman November 20th so second to last game of the season so Ooh. it'll it'll be two teams that know who they are i hope that they're both undefeated up until that point looks like a potential game day location it's going to be a fun one going to be a fun one to look at um all right quickly two more questions in the big 12 tyler how long will it take if it does for sark to bring texas quote unquote
0: back um not while it's in the Big 12. like So a minimum of one to two years. One to two years. It's not going to be this year. Minimum. I mean, I just don't. I mean, because Sark, people don't realize that Sark had that crazy good offense because he had Alabama weapons. And I do like think Sark's a good coach. Like, um, Me too. A good I think he's a great
1: team. offensive mind.
0: But he won. And Alabama's offense is not archaic in any means. It is a good offense, relatively modern offense. But it is an offense that still relies on certain plays and certain play styles that benefit from having better talent than most everyone you play. While Mm -hmm. that can still be true at Texas, like for most of their schedule, it's not the same way it's true again in Alabama. Like Texas is not a team that beats up people like physically. Mm -hmm. Iowa state is a team that beats up people. Kansas state when they're, when they're good, is a team that beats up people. Oklahoma now on defense is starting to do that thing where they beat up people but Texas, when they're good lately, it's not because they are dominating physically. Like you don't, from what I understand, it's like teams, you don't look at the other team after they play Texas and be like, yeah, win or loss. They are going to be in some cold in the ice baths uh, after this game. Like, right. and that's, it that's what you get when you play Alabama. Like, and mm-hmm. so Sark's going to have to recruit to that level. And he's got a lot of talented players right now. So I think that like he can figure something out, but if, it will not be an, an immediate fix because I don't think it's an immediate fit. Like it will not be an immediate fix because it's not an immediate fit. Like Sark can't just yeah. plug in and plug his system in there and play the same way it was at Alabama. So you're not going to get those results just yet. I think Texas will be fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and they'll probably be more buttoned up than they were under um, Tom Herman.
1: I completely agree on the second point. And I think to your, to your thesis about it, where, they're just not ready yet. I, I do think though that Sark, I think Sark is the right guy for that job. Um, we know Sark's personal history as a head coach and he's battled alcoholism, and we're very I'm very happy for him that, yeah, excuse me, that he's recovered and and, and you know is is living with that day to day in a positive way. I think he is the right man for the job in terms of recruiting. I do think that he can convince people to go there in the last cycle. Alabama landed two, the top two offensive linemen in the country, both from the state of Texas, both from a Texas family, and they decided to leave Texas and go to Alabama. I don't think those players leave the state of Texas with Sark at the, at, yeah. as as uh, the head coach of Texas. You know what I mean? And that that's not going to help him this year, but that will help him in two years. Agreed. But... Yeah, because listen, as much as I like B. John Robinson, and I really like B. John Robinson. I he's do. Good. I think he's going to have a great year. He's not Najee Harris. No, And even as much as we made fun of Mac Jones for, you know, just being the ultimate game manager and and being good, but not necessarily, you know, man won a national or,
0: championship. Right. Exactly. He man got his wide receiver a Heisman.
1: Yeah. Knew what to do. And um, as much as I liked Casey Thompson in the bowl game last season, it's not Mac Jones. You know what I mean? There's and more players, than the most like you said, important they're thing take of all.
0: The most important thing of all is that that Texas O-line is not bad, but it ain't the Alabama O-line. But, exactly exactly um, it'll
1: take time um it'll take time but I, I believe that they will get there i think they will be a force when they enter the sec i do think I, that people will I obviously oklahoma is the major the big get in terms of immediate football success for the sec but texas i do is think like, now for, that texas is it.
0: moving to the sec the sark hire is even better me too me because too. i will say one of the things that the sark hire was and coaches change the way that they do things a lot depending on their conference is that sark's offense works while it is still modern, sets up better for an SEC opponents than it would for mm-hmm. Big 12 opponents. Right. Just in regards to play style and, you know, there's a lot of things we talked about as being like counterculture to whatever else is happening in the conference, but you also have to recruit the same players, yada, 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 all that. It would have been a counterculture thing in the Big 12, and now it's going to just be, can you recruit well in in the SEC? And I think, like, I think it can. Yeah, so... so.
1: One thing on last thing on Texas, they open the season at home against Louisiana. Billy Napier heads to Austin on September 4th
0: <sighs> for the job some he us, should have gotten.
1: Some of that a take that I don't.
0: I'm, I'm joking, but no, no, no but, but, but I like it.
1: I know yeah. you're joking, but I like it. Um, some of us may or may not allegedly be taking Louisiana on that just to, uh, to throw some fielders. Hey, be careful if Louisiana,
0: because if Louisiana beats a big 12 team in the opening game of the season, that big 12 team is going to the championship game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You damn right. They are. (laughs) They talk about the kiss of death. It's the kiss of life. Uh, (laughs) Last one on the big 12. I don't want to spend much time on this. Tyler. Lance Leopold's at Kansas. I
0: I could not think of a more perfect hire. I I agree. I love it. I genuinely am like this could actually be good for them.
1: You know how we give coaches like a year zero or maybe like two years grace period, whatever. Give him five years. Like he'll get there. Him, he'll get there. But just... he will. Give him time and he will get there. Yeah. Um I don't think they win a game this season, but um yeah, but that's it's a long term project. No, not right. his fault. So. Moving um, on. Hold well, on, um, potential hot seat coaches in the Big Twelve. I put Gary Patterson at TCU and Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. It's weird to me,
0: like, um... well, because
1: they're both they're both coaches that have been there forever. They're both coaches that are unassailable. The identity of those programs in terms of the face as coaches, I just think that results have not been, been
0: there lately. A for both of them,
1: and I think that especially last year and the year before last year with Mike Gundy, underwhelming year with super talented players and. Just didn't work out. I don't know how much longer both of these guys are going to get a leash. They probably both have earned the right on the football field to just kind of let their schools know when they're done. Mm-hmm. But um, you never know how it goes. So just to keep an eye on them could potential. Um, Tyler, let's head out to your neck of the woods to the Pac-12.
0: Now. Dad, that's so weird.
1: I know, right? Like, no. Um, yeah. All right. First question. Can Oregon break through into the playoff picture? Absolutely. Poor Kay.
0: Uh, the best team in this in this league, and this league's actually going to get all the probably probably going to get all their full games. So, like the Pac-12 could not afford to have less games than everybody else last year. Like, no, they just no. really couldn't. Like, and they so didn't. For do starters, any, they're in the Pac-12. They didn't do anything <laughs> with that. But if you're in the Pac-12 now, and it's just like, all right, even if you went undefeated in the last year's COVID year, that wasn't going to mean anything for the playoff. Like, because people don't hold the Pac-12 in that high of an esteem which, you know, is valid considering the product that they put out. But Oregon, I think, is the only team that has the blueprint with the recruiting to be good enough to get into the playoff. Now, I let me clarify this. I don't think – I'd have to see how Oregon is. I don't think Oregon's in a state where they can go win, win a playoff game but get there. I think it's possible. Like, I think they're clearly the best team in the league right now. Um. It's just it's about quarterback. It's about that's
1: where I was getting at. Tyler, yeah. the the great Oregon teams of the past decade, what do they have in common?
0: An NFL quarterback.
1: An NFL quarterback. Marcus Mariota may not be the elite starter that Justin Herbert has shown to be, but he's an NFL caliber quarterback. He's an overqualified backup. He's one of those a Heisman line winner. starters. He's a, he's a freaking Heisman winner. I don't see. A quarterback at the level of Justin Herbert or Marcus Mariota on this football team. Anthony yeah. Brown, the transfer is coming in. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, you know, give him a shot, maybe, but um, they got rid of their quarterback room. A couple guys transferred out um, from last season. This season, they get a new guy coming in. If it can click, it'll be great. I, because, like you said, they have the talent all around them in all other areas, but I'm not so sure that they have the quarterback to lead and depend on. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, so. it's a long shot. I am not. I wouldn't bet on Oregon making the playoffs, but they're the only team in the mm-hmm. Pac-12 that I think could do it this year. Um, right. So, yeah, I just, it really is going to come down to, did they recruit somebody special at like quarterback? Because you'll never know. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't – like, Anthony Brown's fine, but, like, I fully intend to see other quarterbacks play at some point this season. Okay. that doesn't mean that they're going to lose, mm-hmm. but or it, to spark that, but I do I, I can just imagine they're playing Stony Brook on September 18th and they're just like, all right, Anthony Brown, come out. Who's the next guy? Yeah. And
1: okay. Could be.
0: Yeah. So, and maybe they find something crazy. They have the infrastructure set up. They're going to, I think they're going to win the league, but
1: yeah, I could, I could realistically, even with subpar quarterback play relative to everything else, I could see them going eleven and one,
0: ten and two. Yeah, one
1: of those guaranteed losses
0: at Ohio State on September 11th. Now that I'm looking at it, I think I would go back on what I said about them making the playoff. Mm-hmm. Like they're the only team in the, the, the league who could do it. I wouldn't bet on it, um, mm-hmm. like, but they, I think they can easily get to ten wins with makes sense with their roster as long as their quarterback situation is fine. And their uh-huh. offense under Joe Moorhead now. hmm Like. Been good. Joe Moorhead, consistently Joe Moorhead was a good, good coordinator, last good play year. caller. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they've got Kayvon Thibodeau, so we'll see.
1: All right. Let's uh let's move further south. Tyler, how much longer can Clay Helton keep getting away with this?
0: <sighs> While I'm how? in this city, not long.
1: <laughs> um <laughs> That's guys, it, guys. Redacted the job redacted, Tyler keeps talking about. It's it's really just him spearheading the coup to get rid of Clay Helton. Once he's USC done with that job, he should he's be out. better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they should I don't even care about the school or the team at all. And US but USC <laughs> should be better, like for the sport uh, of college football. Because here's the thing people don't realize when they're like dissolve the pac 12, is that you're never going to get rid of the Pac-12. Why? Because you got about 20 schools out here on the West Coast that can't go to any other conference. There has to be a conference out here, like
1: yeah, yeah. like
0: the Big 12 and the Big Ten could dissolve because they're in the middle of the country and they can go anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. they could, but the Pac-12, like there has to be a conference on this side of this, the country. So we need it to be good.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so they have they have Keaton Slovis, right? He's very good. They're returning. They're returning a lot of offensive. um in, they're trying out of trenches, players, both on offense and defense, which is always good for a team. They looked nice at the end of last year. I just don't see them recruiting at a level where they can compete right now with Oregon
0: on the recruiting trail no, and not by all. default on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could win their division for sure. Um, they can win South. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically can they beat Arizona State? Right. And who um, knows about
1: Arizona State right
0: now? I who knows I don't. There's no other team in that division that I'm super confident in. Right. Utah could be good, but we don't know. Utah either ranges from being fine to great, and mm-hmm. you're not sure this year. USC they're probably going to make it back to the conference championship game, and they're probably going to lose again. Like, see, here's the thing: Clay I think Hilton if they make does, it, like,
1: and I think it depends because can Keaton Slovis kind of get Clay Helton over the hump, the metaphorical hump, even though I don't really think there is one. I think that. I, I just think I don't I don't think he can get over that. I, I don't know. Can can he win them one game in the conference title game and kind of put himself on the map draft wise? I don't know. I think it's yeah. possible.
0: I'm, I don't know I'm it's not likely. even really I'm not super high on Keaton Slovis as a draft prospect just because he was going to have worn out his arm so much by the time he gets drafted oh, because yeah. they because they do air raid. But also mm-hmm. it's like I don't Keaton Slovis doesn't really do anything for me. It's more that like he doesn't screw it up to me like right his big thing is that he's not bad. Like he's, mm-hmm. and I, this, I, this probably sounds super mean, but um, like, no, he's, he's fine.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: like, and he, he operates that offense, a offense with talent. That's better than most of the teams that they face that puts up points, but I've just never been impressed with it. Yeah. And until that's Clay how out, I feel, the entire thing is that like USC has not been impressive ever since Sam Donald left. And even that was the, the first season with Sam Donald was good. like, mm-hmm. And the second one was fine again and they just wasn't impressive. And Clay Helton it will continue to not be impressive as long as Clay Helton is there. But guess what? USC is in no position to replace him for some reason. And I honestly think we're probably gonna get another two, three years of this.
1: Yeah, no, I think so too. I think Clay Helton's kind of riding in a in a comfortable position where he's really not gonna get forced out. And still think...
0: or as long as UCLA is still terrible, USC is yeah. gonna is gonna be dominant in that department in their city a city mm-hmm. where not a lot of people care about college for- sports. And on top of that, until, so they either need, actually either needs Oregon to just boat stop everything, win several playoff games, like, um, mm-hmm. or like get to the, win the conference, run the conference for a while. that makes USC want to be better mm-hmm. or like UCLA has got to get better. The, Cause like right now there's USC can keep winning their, their division by being average. Mm
1: hmm
0: what is going to make you change your system if you keep beating your division and by being average, because you keep, you'll you'll keep deluding yourself that you're one game away. And that's the big thing. So
1: yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Sorry. I
0: feel strongly about this.
1: No, you're good. (laughs) Let's head back up North for the Washington teams. I'm going to ask both of these questions at the same time, um, just so we could speed things up. Will a Washington offense keep up with Jimmy Lake's defense and how will Washington state look without Mike Leach? I know we saw it a bit last year, but in this first full season, how do we think they're going to look like? Okay. Number one, let's go with Washington's offense. Can they keep up with Jimmy Lake's defense? Your I, Huskies, Tyler. Your adopted Huskies.
0: I know. I You I, foster. I don't... They... Pr- probably not more, more just because Jimmy Lake's defense is going to be really good again because it's Jimmy Lake and it's Washington, but... I mean, Dylan Morris was fine last year.
1: He was okay. Washington
0: was fine, and it's more of a matter of they were they were still playing with their with their offense that that system of like we're gonna run a lot and like they are based in the run, um, and it's that kind of San Francisco 49ers thing. It's like everything we do is based off the run, and our quarterback mm-hmm. is gonna hit a couple deep shots, and like if we've got a good quarterback, it's gonna be really hard, and a good running game is gonna be really hard to stop this offense.
1: It's kind. It's kind of like that offense is designed with a really good defense in mind.
0: Yeah, and and that's great. But like, how many years have we been doing this to ourselves? Where where we we've learned that you can't win at a high level by consistently doing that. You can win a lot of football games like that, but like, you got to get a good quarterback and a good passing game in there. So Mm -hmm. I think they'll be fine again. But while they have this coordinator, and until Dylan Moore shows me something more. I think it's still just going to be a good Washington team. Like,
1: and a good Washington team
0: is one of the best teams in the, in the conference. Right. Right.
1: And similar to Oregon traveling to Ohio state, Washington travels to Michigan on September 11th. Fun, interesting game. I do think they
0: can win that game.
1: I agree. I agree. And I think that that game is going to be indicative of kind of how they approach the rest of the season, you know, and no team ever quits, but like, I do feel that it'll kind of light a little bit underneath them, and they'll look at that Oregon game a little bit like, "Yeah, okay, we can do this. We can take that." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And maybe try to work themselves into the Pac-12 title game. Um, Washington State, how are they going to look in their first full season without full Mike season. Leach? Have they rid the air? I mean, they're they're doing more of a run, run and, and shoot,
0: shoot kind of thing. So, but it's, have they I, have I they just... adapted the roster? So they got Max Borgie coming back, which is pretty big for them because he only played one game in twenty twenty. Um, he's pretty much their whole running game. Uh, I do think the roster is kind of starting to construct in a way that's good, more balanced for the offense, which is good. Right. But the question is, is their defense going to be good enough at all to you know help them stay in games? And I'm not really, <laughs> su- I'm not really sure that it is. So I don't think Mike Leach helped them in a lot of ways. There, can I, but... can I uh,
1: read you? They played in four games last year. Can I read you the opponent's score totals?
0: Go ahead. 38,
1: 43, 38, and 45. Yesh. I'm sorry, 28, 43, 38, and 45, but still.
0: They had one win last year.
1: Yeah, Okay. they played four games, so granted. But yeah, you know, interesting. Um, I hope they stay with Jaden DeLora at quarterback. I liked what he did last year as a true freshman. Um. But they did get Jarrett Garantano. Uh, so don't do that. I'm not doing Hey, Listen, listen, I'm not, I'm I'm not yelling at
0: you. I'm yelling at, I'm yelling at them. Like (laughs) what is, what is Jared Garantano going to do in the run and shoot?
1: I don't, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna hold the hell of a clipboard. That's what I'll do. Um, uh, potential hot seat coaches for the PAC 12. I put chip Kelly at UCLA because I think it's put up or shut up year for him. Um, and Herm Edwards, I love Herm, but this has nothing to do with his on-field performance. It has everything to do with him bringing in recruits and holding workouts and all these things during the COVID dead period when he wasn't supposed to and getting caught for it. So, yeah, bit of a problem. Not great, Herm. Not great, Herm, as much as I love him. So it's the same situation Scott Frost is in, in Nebraska, um, except Scott Frost in Scott Frost at Nebraska could get fired for football reasons only. So um, (laughs) there's that to keep an eye on. Tyler, let's bring it home with the Southeastern Conference. We are going to forget about Oklahoma and Texas for now. We are going to stay with this year's iteration. Big ask for you. That's a big ask for you. (laughs) Is it? I can do it
0: easily. I can do it easily
1: too. Uh (laughs) So question number one, Tyler. Can JT Daniels and the new Georgia offense end their national
0: title drought? Um. So there's part of me that says this would be the team, but mm-hmm. I don't think so. Like, I really don't. Like, okay. just because I continue to think that I, they've got a bit of a ceiling with the way that they run their team. Mm-hmm. Like, with the way that Kirby Smart runs that team, they've got a bit of a ceiling, and the best team they ever had was the Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb two NFL running back duo? Yeah. Jake from freshman year, lightning in a bottle. Uh, one of the best defenses ever, and they, they're gonna have a good defense. JT Daniels is a very productive quarterback, I think he'll be good. He showed out at the end of the last season in uh, games against not great opponents, right? And then he was okay against Cincinnati. So, like, let
1: me let me defend JT Daniels real quick he had a lot of pressure put on him. That's true. And not because of him, his own fault, because Kirby said before the season started that he was fully healthy. And then we didn't see him until after the Florida game. So either Kirby was lying or he was getting beat out by the law. Offices of Stetson Bennett, the fourth and Duane Mathis, which is a bit embarrassing. Now, granted we saw him perform, like you said, really well against lower tier competition at the end of the season when he went up against the best team that he saw all season,
0: he being JT Daniels, it was a tough game for him against Cincinnati. So, and I still, I think JT Daniels was absolutely the quarterback they should have gotten when they got at him. I think he will be the best one there. I think he actually will be a good SEC quarterback. I agree. He will probably be one of the better ones this season, but it's again, one of those things where it's, I don't think Kirby smarts Georgia teams do anything for their quarterback. The quarterback is who they are. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think their offense to the teams of the structure, they make the quarterback better. Right. So it's basically, can GC Daniels just as who he is, take this George team to a new place. He'll be probably one of the better, more productive ones they've had with a better arm than Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. um, this will be a good team. I think, I think pretty strongly that George is going to win the East and be in Atlanta, but, I I don't think this is the team to win a national championship.
1: So, my answer to this is Georgia is a national championship caliber program in every aspect of the game except the actual game. Yeah. And what I mean by that is this is a team that recruits at an elite level, facilities in an, at an elite level, the administration of the university, the athletic department, the fundraising arm, the alumni base, they have everything. Needed to win a title. But Kirby Smart's in-game decisions usually come back it's
0: to buy. Always, always, always something. Always something.
1: Always something. And here's the thing. I don't think they should be doing anything different. They, they, they're they uh, literally. I, would, I don't know plan. what. The,
0: the only thing I would say do, to do different is to hire a different offensive coordinator. But still, like Todd Monk and their, their offensive coordinator was a good hire in that direction. And. And I think this year will be the year it, with JT Dean was a full year that if he's really as good as he says that they can prove that. Like I agree. I agree. Yeah. But
1: it's just interesting because they are by far the best team in, in the East. And because there's a lot of question marks with Florida, which we'll get to, but yeah, man, I, I I just don't see them having to do anything else. You know what I mean? And that,
0: well, part of winning the national championship, you have to remind yourself now is you have to get through all of the SEC, win that, and then get, play two more games. Mm-hmm. Can they do that? Can they also beat Clemson and Oklahoma?
1: See, this is, the, this is out, the year JT
0: Daniels outscore Spencer Rattler or DJ Oyongale. Well, I guess we'll have the answer to the second
1: question with DJ at the first game of the season. But that's that's a great point but I don't know about Spencer Rattler and playing someone at the beginning of the season versus the end of the season is completely different. And they have injuries to wide receivers. Um, Arik Gilbert, who originally went to Florida or originally went to LSU, then transferred to Florida, then transferred from Florida to Georgia. He's away from the team with some personal stuff. So there's a lot of questions there in regards to the playmakers. I think that Georgia can win the natty. I think that Georgia can make the playoff. I think Georgia can win the SEC this year. I mean, it takes one game against Bama and we've seen them go. They have been the team that has gone the closest with Bama. Um, They were in overtime of the national title game for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, but But, I think it's possible. I'm, I just, I don't know.
0: They'll probably Florida's Florida and Auburn are the only really tricky games on their SEC schedule. Like, They can easily win both of those games and they have undefeated SEC schedule, maybe one loss with Clemson going into the SEC championship. It could be a not great Bama team. That is a toss-up to me if it's a not great Bama team. If it's a great Bama team, I'm taking Nick Saban over Kirby Smart. I just, I don't know what else. Until it happens, I'm not going to pick Kirby Smart to beat Nick Saban. Right. Right. Well, well,
1: here's the thing. Let's bleed this into the next question. The next question is, uh, speaking of former Saban assistants, can Jimbo Fisher be the first Saban assistant to get the win over Saban? Well, he doesn't have Kellen Mon anymore,
0: so everything's off the table. Um, okay, so first of all,
1: uh, people would say, "Oh my gosh, they are they they're starting a new quarterback," and and at least I know you and I are both saying, "Well, hey, look, they're improved from Kellen Mond." <laughs>
0: I just, it's this not is, even that this, this quarterback might not even be better than Kellen Mon, but I was just like, I knew exactly what I was going to get with Kellen Mon say for like two games. And of course one of them was against Florida, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know what you're going to get it with Kellen Mon and I was just like, please, anything new, anything new. Like, I think it's tough because now Texas A&M is in a tough spot where like Texas A&M you're going to want to be really set up by the time that Texas and Oklahoma get back into the, get get into this conference. Like, oh yeah. um,
1: Oh
0: yes. You got a limited, and every team should look at this. You've got a limited window before it gets even tougher to win the SEC. Like, yeah. which, yeah. And so, of the of the former saving assistants, I would I would put money right now on of the ones available. I mean honestly I'd put money on Lane Kiffin to be the first one to beat him. Yeah, right. But Seems seems but likely. Seems possible. The next either. one would probably be Jimbo Fisher because they're offensive minded guys. I don't see I will and I don't even this isn't even a raving endorsement of Jimbo Fisher. Like, um, but like I don't see a defensive minded head coach that is a disciple of Nick Saban beating Nick Saban at his own game. Yeah, I don't see it like, either. <laughs> And so my only thing is Jimbo Fisher, but then again, Jimbo Fisher is, is smart offense, but does not run tempo. He goes super slow. So it's basically, they have less drives, they have to be more efficient, and then when they're not, they don't play well. Mm-hmm. Like, And he's not at Florida State anymore, he doesn't have more talent than most of the teams that he faces. It's Texas A&M, he has more talent than a lot of the teams that he faces. But is Texas A&M really that much better than if from a talent perspective than Auburn, than Florida, than Georgia? I think than LSU? So
1: I I think they are better talent perspective. They've been recruiting really well in the past couple of years because of Jimbo. Jimbo's always recruited well. I think they're better than Auburn. I think talent-wise, I think they're better. I don't know if they're better than LSU
0: talent-wise. They're probably on par with Florida talent-wise right well, now. And my my point of all this is that even if you're on par when you when Jibbo was at FSU, what other teams were on par with him talent wise? Oh, like, he was
1: he he was with Bama and Georgia and Ohio State and Clemson. Well, not Clemson yeah. at the time, but you know what I mean. But
0: like a teams in it, like that's the thing. Even if Texas a is more talented than Auburn, and well, I mean they have not shown a great record against Auburn at all. Like no, I it's haven't. been a, it's been like a fifty fifty record against Auburn. Um, God, Gus. he got Gus is so
1: good, man. He just manages to go 50 50 against like the great coaches. Everybody. I don't know. Everybody. He's got the best Bad record coaches against the coaches.
0: and good coaches. <laughs> like, like it's incredible that like, Gus Malzahn can have 50 50 record against great other coaches that you're like, how does he beat them? And then there's other coaches like, why do you keep losing to this team? Like, um, I can't
1: wait for 25 years down the line, us to be at some bar trivia. Be like, who was the coach that had the best record against Nick Saban? Gus Malzahn, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep.
0: But, yeah, I I would long way to talk about this, but I would I guess because this would be the year if any say if an assistant was doing it this year, it'd be Jimbo. But mm-hmm. that doesn't I i not a ringing endorsement. Like
1: yeah, it, it it's it's Jimbo or Lane Kiffin, like you said earlier. So yeah, that's how I feel. Um, all right, Tyler, the second to last questions: Will Florida's defense improve?
0: It
1: has to. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! It has oh, to, man. Boy. Like my second question is a is a Florida offensive question, but let's focus on the defense really quickly. Um, I'm with you. It has to improve. There's there's really no excuse. It, it needs to improve. It's not the Gator standard that uh, Dan Mullen has been preaching for the past. You know, but I God also I long. also
0: mean that I also mean that in the sense of like. It's gonna improve, I imagine, because like Florida's defense being as bad as it was last year is almost an anomaly in, in the like with how talented Florida is. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I see it. It I think it will improve how much it improves. That's a huge question, because like. Are you going to have an offense that helps your defense out a little bit more? Not that, that really even really matters, but like, um, are you going to simplify it? Like we all said, you should have probably not. Um. They got rid of the cornerbacks coach and they've got a new one in. Is that going to do something for the defensive backs who really struggled a lot last year? Like, mm-hmm. hopefully, I don't know. I mean, J- Jade, Hill just went down with a season-ending injury, and that's a yeah, pretty that's, big loss. I, the was, I was, I was going to say that
1: where most of the defensive backs are gone from last season, the returning starter was Kyer Elam, who's still there, who's supposed to be the best player in the secondary this season. Um, but the guy opposite him Jaden Hill you're right just tore his ACL just tore his knee up so he's going to be out for the whole season it's going to be up to you know guys like Jason Marshall one of the Fort Lauderdale one of the Palmetto um one of the Palmetto boys to step in five star cornerback recruit um i think he he can i think i think he was going to be better than um Jaden Hill personally but i think he would have assumed the number the number 2 cornerback role as the year went on but you know he gets thrown into the fire now um straight off the bat good for him it's we've got two Florida's got two fairly simple games to start the season with FAU and USF. And, you know, first big test is BAM at home week three on September 18th. So um, we'll see how that goes with the defense. Uh, Second question, Tyler, how will Mullen help Emory succeed?
0: Um, I think he's going to try and balance the offense more because I really think that the going away from the run game last season was was just a we should call more pass plays because we have Kyle Trask like, um, yeah. and Cal and Kadarius Toney. Like I really, there's only, you still only get at most like 99 plays in a, in a game, like at the very most, some of them got to be run. Some of them got to be passes. And if I had Cal Trask, Cal and Kadarius Toney, yeah, I'd probably pass the ball too. <laughs> I think what's really going to be the tell of the offense this season is can the offensive line improve because yeah. They were okay last year at times, and then they really kind of deteriorated later in the season. Well, that's why. That's matter. really
1: the reason why Mullen went from. Yes, you're right. We have Kadarius Tony and, and Kyle Pitts, but I mean, the real reason why he went to more passing was because the offensive line couldn't get any push. You know,
0: yeah, they couldn't set things up for
1: for our running backs.
0: So if Emery, if Emery is allowed to be versatile, dual threat, not have to put the whole game early on on his on his arm like if the run if the team is allowed to be balanced then hell yes that's gonna be great I think that would be great that that's Mullen's gonna be Mullins' plan but it's very interesting because it's so late in the game Emery could come out and like he fits the mold of like a dual threat quarterback he could come out as a gunslinger and I wouldn't be surprised because he spent so much time being coached by Dan Mullen. Yeah. And it could be the Dak Prescott thing where like, he's still like a threat with his arm and just happens to also be able to run. Well, that's, um, that's
1: what everyone's been saying where, I mean, if you go back to recruiting stories in 2017, people were saying, Oh, this is a Mullen guy. Like, Oh my gosh, Emory Jones is a Mullen quarterback. Why? Because not only can he, you know, run the football and be very mobile, um, scramble out of the pocket design runs, that kind of stuff. But he's got a really good arm. Like go back and watch some of the tape of, um some of the times where he was thrown into the game you know like the auburn game that 2 years ago that man came in like remember we were there when that middle of the game he rode the end of the second quarter had a couple drives he looked really good took him to a field goal when he was cold and then oh, yeah. last season got some designate you know designated quarters and mop up duty and he he looked really good the the bowl game was I don't want to say throw the bowl game away because I don't like the whole... I don't like that that happened last year at the end of the season where Mullen was like, oh, we don't have anything to play for. Like, no, finish the season strong. But anyway,
0: that's another thing. But you but did, did lose, like, some of the your stuff. five did. of your top five players. So right, yeah, like, like, obviously. But
1: but still, you know, show some faith in the guys that are there, you know? But whatever. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think that he kind of goes back to the Prescott offense, the Tebow
0: offense. Um, and I think what you've got going for you is that, like, I think... Mullen has, so far at Florida, coached in ebbs and flows, where the quarterback, the quarterback that comes after the quarterback before it, is not always the same build, mm-hmm. and maybe that'll help you with the way that teams prepare for you. Teams have been, teams have been having to prepare for a Kyle Trask pass it most of the time offense for a while, and now they're going to have to prepare for something different. Like, um, yeah,
1: no, you're right. You're 100 percent right. So, wow, we talked very little Florida on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> look at us. Look at us evolving, evolving. Um. Last question, Tyler, instead of doing the potential hot seats, there's a lot of new coaches in the SEC. So instead of hot exciting. Seats, Uh I want to ask you which of these new coaches will have the best season relative to their expectations. OK. OK, Brian, Brian Harsin at Auburn, Josh Heupel, at Tennessee, Shane Beamer at South Carolina and Clark Lee at Vandy, which is going to have the best season relative to their
0: expectations. I'm tempted to go Clark Lee at Vandy. Hmm. Like, because I don't think the expectations are very much, but I do, I do like what Clark Lee's doing at Vandy. Like, Mm -hmm. from a just recruiting, team building perspective, a philosophy Um, perspective. Yeah. I, I like where it's going and there's not a lot of expectations. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't think it's Josh Heupel because, like, I think Tennessee expects a lot. So and... so here's
1: the thing. I do think it's Josh Heupel. Really? Because I, I agree that Tennessee expects a lot. But I think Tennessee expects a lot in two or three years. I think this year, Tennessee says, good God, just give us some points. Similar yeah. to how Florida was at the end of McIlwain. Was like, good just, lord, just, just score some offense. points. Yes. Like, <laughs> just a shell of an offense would be nice. And Mullen delivered. And I think, you know, I think Mullen over exceeded expectations in the first year, which is a good thing. But I think Josh Heupel will meet expectations because I think he's going to put up 35 points a game. I really do. I think against the middle of the pack, SEC and below, he's going to put up between 24 and 35 points. Now, when he plays Florida and Georgia and Alabama, that's not going to be the case. But I think he's going to be able to put some stuff up. Now, their defense is in literal shambles. So I'm not saying they're going to win those games, but they're going to start losing games 42 to 35, uh, 35 to 24, stuff like that. And it's going to look like Tennessee is a bit more along along
0: for the ride and improving in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we'll see. I, I, I definitely don't think it's Brian Harson at Auburn just because like, no, 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 no. I think Brian Harson will have a good year expected to my expectations, but to <laughs> Auburn's, no, it'll be bad. Yeah, well, not he, so much. He's still got Bo Nix as his quarterback, which is, uh, hey, listen, I,
1: uh, you know, I'm a big d- d- proponent of good Bo Nix and bad Bo Nix. I've been seeing a lot more bad Bo Nix than good Bo Nix. I'm, I might have to we'll see. Maybe we'll see maybe August.
0: the thing that was keeping Bonex together the whole time was the gimmick offense. Like, <laughs> there's only one um, way to find out. How
1: can you listen? You can't look better than you are if there's aren't plays called where you underthrow an Oregon cornerback. Anthony, how do, how do you overthrow Anthony Schwartz?
0: <laughs> how do you do it?
1: Like, <laughs> literally the fastest player in you the fastest football. player
0: in the country you overthrow <laughs> him like what are you trying to prove
1: <laughs> <laughs> you ain't slick dude oh man uh all right good call good call tyler tyler that concludes our power five preview for the season uh we will be back on the next episode with a group of five in independence um fbs independence preview but before we sign off tyler uh, let's go ahead and close out with moment of the week, Tyler. What was your moment of the week?
0: My moment of the week was getting a text from you, Sergio de Brea about um, our new college football, fan, college fantasy football. League oh, league. that was yeah. my moment of the week. Yeah, that's what I needed to hear. Absolutely. Still thinking of a name for my team. I'm not sure where I'm at yet. But I went with I went with Waffle House University. I know. I'm not sure if I should retire Purdy like a Brock star. Or you got uh, one more year to use it. Big guy. This is the last year to use it. It's a good point. I think I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're going to be starting up our college fantasy football league again. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great, 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 great time. Uh, Tyler, my moment of the week. What was my moment of the week? Hmm. Let's think back. We haven't recorded in a while. I can pick something from before. Um, Do you get any cool shirts or anything like that? Uh, well, for okay, so so uh, my cool shirts, courtesy of Home Field Apparel, um, they have arrived at their destination. Their destination is not where I am currently. <laughs> where residing. you are? Exactly. They hey. have arrived. I have received a picture from my father saying your mail has started to pile up, and a picture <laughs> and a picture of two Home Field packages so uh i am excited to go ahead and open those up when i get to my dad's um in the upcoming weeks because i'm moving back down to south florida um but uh yeah i think my moment of the week had to be the whole home field uh florida saga i don't think we've been on since then where
0: oh and then and then georgia came up the week after and they they still finished second
1: (laughs) kirby smart they still do. couldn't
0: get a championship <laughs> still couldn't get a championship i
1: can tell wow. you wow Georgia's doing everything everything perfect except for on the
0: football field Ooh, performance baby Ooh. <laughs> um the, the thing is, like is it, they got they got real close and no, then no, okay like it was I just definitely, like three I there was like three, was three hours again. to go and they were like 75 percent of the way there and i was like oh man they haven't tweet that was like that was six hours ago. They haven't tweeted anything. Did they beat it? Are they just waiting to like reveal it? Nah, it was disappointing finish, which to me was great.
1: Oh, oh it was a uh, it was definitely one of those moments where I was the um, the key peel the Jordan peel sweating meme. It was definitely it was it was one of those situations. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah, lie. dude.
0: We all good. We all good. Hey, uh, hey, at least at least yours has been delivered. Mine has not arrived. Well, um, that's what
1: happens when you live I out. I do
0: live in California. So, yeah, on the uh, West
1: Coast, sir. You made that decision.
0: Sure. All right. I'm sorry. All right. Like, <laughs> like I'm Did not really Steven... apologizing because I got my job at Redacted, but that's um, true. That's true.
1: Did Steven get his yet?
0: Uh, not to my knowledge. So, okay. right, that makes right. you feel good as well.
1: Um, okay. Um, We got fantasy football coming up, uh, we got college football coming up. And we have our Group of Five and Independence (laughs) preview coming up soon. Tyler, I'm so excited to be back on this grind with you. Uh, We will be announcing, having some more announcements at the end of the next episode. So make sure you listen in and listen all the way through. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SJ underscore podcast. That's where you will find the link to all of our episodes. And you will find some occasional fun tweets from both Tyler and I, especially on game days when things do be happening, Tyler. Oh, yeah. With all that being said, Tyler, uh, this has been the first episode of season five of Sideline Judgment. My name is
0: Sergio. My name is Tyler.
1: And I've been waiting so long to say this, Tyler, but we are not biased.
0: But go Gators. Go Gators.